seated. This begins, tonight begins what's called the Holy Tritium, all right, which is three holy days in a row. That is Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, which ushers us right into Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, which is the whole reason even Christians gather on Sundays, right? I mean, this has been a tradition ever since the women came early on Sunday morning, and so we've been keeping up with this tradition, which is really what is passed down. You know, the term tradition just means what is passed down. This has been passed down to us from the very first ones who saw the resurrected Jesus. And so we do it every Sunday. And the three days coming up to that are very holy within our Christian calendar. Uh, Because again, we don't just go by the world's calendar, right? I don't know what the world's looking at. Well, I guess Easter eggs and stuff like that. And then they're on to Memorial Day or whatever's next, right? They have their calendar. We have a calendar as well, just like ancient Israel did. And we want to celebrate these great acts of of salvation on our behalf. And so tonight begins all of this. And a lot happens tonight, really, in Jesus' life. I mean, to sum it up, he's going to be with his disciples. They don't know, but he knows. Remember, we we saw Sunday. He's already prepared a place, and he's got the donkey to ride in, and and he's going to tell them to go prepare an upper room where they can have a meal, a Passover meal together. And at this Passover meal, of course, he's going to institute the Lord's Supper. He's going to wash their feet, and he's going to give them a new commandment. Three different things that Jesus is wanting to do tonight that we want to experience and have him do in us. Um, And so, you know... Our family story goes way back, right? We as Christians, we have a family story, just like any family does. Um, and ours begins really with Father Abraham. This is where God begins his, his great rescue of humanity is with calling Abraham. And you remember, maybe in the covenant with Abraham, Abraham splits all of these animals, right? And, and this was an ancient suzerainty way of doing a covenant, in the ancient world, and particularly in the ancient Near East, and what we would do is you'd walk through and say, hey, if I don't pay you back what I owe you, you can split me in half like these animals, right? And then the other party would walk through as well. It was always a mutual sort of agreement. Well, you remember what happens in the Abrahamic story. Abraham goes into a deep sleep, and only God walks through the sacrificial victims. And what is he saying? But again, that blood is going to be a part of being in covenant with me. And from that point on, sacrifices become a mainstay in our family history, right? And this is why when, when, when Jesus is here, he says, look, you know, resurrection, is, or Paul, forgive me, Paul is the one who says it. He says, look, he's not the, the God of the dead, but of the living, right? And here's why, because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Notice, he's, he's not the past tense God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he is their God now, which means there's life after death, even now. And so already in our family story, all this stuff is building, right? Well, then, of course, Moses, who is a towering figure in our family history, um, is going to receive the Passover meal, which is what we read tonight. We read a portion of, of that giving, and it is to be done for time immemorial, right? Which is really... The Passover now is this Eucharistic meal. It is the Lord's Supper, which he institutes tonight. 
So with that in mind, Jesus, though, he takes his seat at the table. And being a rabbi, he would have been given the place of authority, right? And, um, you know, as Americans, we're not, we're not real hip on authority or hierarchy. We like to act like it doesn't exist at all, in fact. But, you know, in the animal kingdom and, and in life, there is hierarchy. And this is something that even God himself instituted is order. In fact, the term ordination of bishops and elders and even deacons is an ordering of the life of the church in a hierarchy. It's God's hierarchy. But notice, and when it always comes to God, it's never the hierarchies of man. This is not ever the case. Instead, he always flips it on its head. And so here's Jesus, rabbi. He's their teacher. And he's going to get up, take off his outer garment, and roll up his sleeves... One reason I'm even rolling up my sleeves tonight is because I'm trying to show you the image of what it would have been like to untuck your shirt, roll up your sleeves. Presidents often try to mimic this, don't they? They go to a crash scene or something and they have their sleeves rolled up because that's a sign that they're working. They're trying to work. And here, the rabbi who should be being served instead gets up, wraps a towel around him, and then begins to kneel down at his disciples' feet and wash their feet. The job of a servant. Again, God in his style, as he always does, is turning the ways of the world on their head. In other words, what Jesus is instituting is a hierarchy of humility. Of being humble. And so the greatest are those who don't think about themselves. It's not that you have to think less of yourself. That's never what the scripture would call us to. Or greater than ourself. It's as C.S. Lewis offered to us. He said, it's best just to forget about yourself. And you know, in our best moments, if you really think about your best moments, you're not thinking about yourself at all, are you? When you're intimate with your lover, that's when you're not thinking about yourself when something is being celebrated in what, you're, what we call ecstatic, you become ecstatic, it means you're outside of yourself. It's literally what that term means. Which is to say, you're no longer thinking about yourself. Sin has I at the very center, right? And it really is an indication of what the problem ultimately becomes is self-centeredness, self-interest. And the cross has a way of crucifying the self and making us selfless like Christ. Humble as a servant. But furthermore, just think about the scene real quick. This is not just a superior serving his students in this way. Very uncomfortable way, by the way. But instead, this is the God of the universe. This is the God of the universe. What other God would kneel before humans? In fact, this very scene shows us that it's pretty uncomfortable. Peter and Jesus have this exchange, don't they? Where Peter's very... He says, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not going to happen. And of course, there's this exchange. We just read it. Because he's uncomfortable with this. And we should be uncomfortable that our living God kneels down before humans and washes their feet. What kind of God is this? Well, I can tell you this. It's not a self... He's not a self-serving God. That's for sure. He's not a self-interested God. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Bow before me. No, now he is bowing. It is a very uncomfortable, disturbing scene for us. 
and so is the cross tomorrow. It's even more disturbing. Now our God is naked and can't even cover himself up on a cross, exposed to the whole world. And this is the God where we're supposed to look and see what love is. That little four-letter word that God is, he is love on the cross. He is love in the water, in the washing of his disciples' feet. And and tonight, I'm going to invite you to get uncomfortable. It's not comfortable to have other people touching your feet. At least not in our society. And for you to take off your shoes and expose your toenails and all this to the person that's kneeling before you, that's even uncomfortable, isn't it? To have somebody kneeling before you? You're going to feel a little bit of that same tension, but let someone serve you tonight. Jesus told us he's done this as an example for us, that we would do it to one another. And yeah, there's some symbolism here, but remember that Christianity, yes, is super symbolic, but there has to be something being done to the body always. We put water on the body. We partake of his body and blood tonight through bread and juice, the fruit of the vine. Christianity is a very tactile religion, and we are meant to experience these things. Did you catch what, what he actually says? If you know these things, you are blessed. What? If you do them. So I want to invite you tonight to do these things. Jesus has given to us an example and then a sacrament, which is Holy Communion, which is what the church has for thousands of years called the Eucharist, which is a Greek word that just means to give thanks. If you're thankful for the cross, this is the way Jesus has given us to remember that and to express our thankfulness to him by actually eating and drinking and coming to his table as the family of God. And what a neat thing tonight to have some of you who who I actually have a friend here that I haven't seen in a long time and another friend here that's a a local pastor in in our area. And I'm super excited to see some of you that I haven't seen in in a while also and others that I see all the time, like my little people right here. And we can come as a family before his table. And you know why you say, well, you know, and, and this, this is really why we have an open communion is because Jesus even serves Judas this night. Now that communion condemns him, and it will condemn you if you don't repent and believe. <laughs> but we will serve because it's not my table. It's the Lord's table. And I want you to feel welcome here. I want, you to, I want you to kick off your shoes here in a minute and allow someone to rub your feet and wash them and dry them. And we have the ability to do hands over here too if you're just, you can't do the foot thing or you can't sit down or something like that. That's totally fine. We're offering that as well. But I want you to feel the uncomfortableness of having someone serve you in the name of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus says this, doesn't he? What you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. In other words, when you serve the poor, when you love one another, you're doing it to me. Do you believe that? I sure do. I sure do. And I think he can do it tonight by the power of his spirit. He is here with us. 
and he's offering us to enter into this hierarchy of humility. And then he gives lastly tonight to his disciples and therefore to us, he gives a new mandate, which is why this night is called Mandi Thursday. It means new mandate. And it's to love one another. And of course, loving one another is way easier said than done, isn't it? But we must do it. Blessed are you if you do these things. And so I'm going to ask you just to kind of look around your area, okay? This is going to be uncomfortable, but look around your area and love on someone that's near you. Maybe that's not a part of your family, all right? Don't leave anybody out. I don't want to look over there and somebody's sitting by themselves, okay? I want you to serve tonight and love the feet that are going to go and proclaim the gospel. We're washing so that we can walk right out of here tonight and serve others, love others. And so... I want to leave you with this picture I read from Peter Crave this afternoon. He says, God has shown us what love is. He showed us on paper. It's his word. His word. It's right here on paper. This is what the love of God is. And he's shown us on wood. And when we look at the cross, we see the love of God. Is that the kind of love we're offering to the world, to those that are around us? Let it start being that in you. His life is communicated through the very things that we're doing tonight. His grace is offered here. His love can be known here in this place. And the thing about his love is you can't keep it for yourself. It's not the way it works. It has to be given. That's how you experience the love of God. Would you give tonight in this way? Would you give God from your heart? Would you give to others in these simple acts tonight? I pray you do on this most holy night. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.